In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Carla, I know this episode was supposed to come out a couple weeks ago, but it's coming out today. It's beyond my control as to when this particular episode is being released. And I know you don't think this movie should be as high as it is. It's number 32 on the list, but that's where it goes. It's beyond my control. The movie has to go where it goes. It's beyond my control. And I know that you're staring at me right now and hoping that you'll get the chance to talk, but it's beyond my control. I have to continue doing this opening monologue beyond my control. And when this episode comes out, you know, people are going to react to it the way that they want to, but it's beyond my control what they say on the internet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're going to finish this fucking list if it kills me. It's beyond my control. I have a compulsion to rank things and rate them and talk about them, and you will talk about them too. It's totally and utterly beyond my control. Wow. Really? (laughs) Are you sure? I feel like these are all choices you're making. I guess they're choices. Well, I mean, we didn't put out an episode for a couple of weeks and uh, that we chose to do that. And I I guess, you know, we could just stop entirely. No, 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 no. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. (laughs) We're starting to get, we're down to the the last third. We're two thirds of the way done and we're getting into... The it's top getting 30, more getting challenging close. than it has in terms of being able to record. It's time. Seemed, time it's, is not our friend. No, it's been working out in general up until this point, And now we're behind because we had so many logged, right? Backlogged. We had so many logged. <laughs> yeah. No, we, well, we got cocky too, I think, you know, because we did so many at once that I felt like we were good through June. <laughs> <laughs> But nope, we're out. We are out of episodes. It's funny how quick a week goes by, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So hi, Craigslist listeners. It's episode 69 of Craigslist. It's number 32 on Craigslist. And we're going to talk about a 1988 movie directed by Stephen Frears uh, called Dangerous Liaisons. I don't know why I'm trying to make it French. It's Dangerous Liaisons is the name oh, of the movie. Oh, did Stephen Frears direct... Um uh, the Queen? No. The John Cusack movie. High Fidelity? Yeah. He sure did. I met him because I was an extra in High Fidelity. That's right. You're going to have to dish on your Stephen Freer stories. I don't really have much, uh, except that he kept saying fags, meaning cigarettes. And it, <laughs> I was so totally confused. Okay. Was what, like, what was the context? I was like, like 18 or 19, and I had never yeah. heard somebody use the word. He's like, you're going to have so many fags at this party. I, I forget what he grab was a fag. He said it several times to the point where it felt like he was making a joke about, like, a joke about it. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> everybody was American on the, you know. Uh huh. Maybe he was overplaying the Britishness. Yeah, I think so. A little bit. That's all yeah. I really remember about him. Did he keep saying pram and lift and torch? I don't okay. Anyways, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. I should have spelt it. I apologize. You should have spelt it. Yeah. Instead of saying. The F word. Oh, sure. Sure. But I, again, in that context, totally innocuous. Right. But the way that I was saying it, I was like, he was probably joking about it. Okay. Which isn't funny. So you, you think that he had a, uh. So now that I'm saying it out loud, this is a terrible story. <laughs> like I regret everything about this story. Well, Carla, we're just a little bit out of practice. We haven't recorded in a few weeks. That's fine. You know, by the end of today's episode, you're going to be spinning, uh, classic anecdotes, you know, like your great, uh, Steven Spielberg minority report oh, that was story, a good story, you know, uh, I told that story at an improv show recently and nobody laughed. 
Uh huh. Because they'd heard it on the podcast already. Because everybody maybe listens I can't remember if it was Craig's before or after. It must have been after the podcast because it was fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. But then they did an improv scene. Um, where, oh, because I said that we ran out of there, and that my my boyfriend at the time was afraid that Spielberg was going to follow us out and kick us off the lot because <laughs> he was being paranoid. And so they did an improv scene where. <laughs> They were in a car and it was a car chase and Steven Spielberg was chasing them. Nice. It was funny. That's fun. See, they were funny. I wasn't very funny. In an Armando format, it's just your job to be truthful and specific and tell stories, right? It's their job to turn it into a funny. I believe and I agree with and I always say, but in the moment, if you're not getting laughs, you start to panic. (laughs) Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. I do not like doing monologues so much for that form. Yeah. Uh, I like to be the player turning other people's the stories player. into comedy gold. Yeah. But I'm not Johnny Anecdote, you know? I don't have these ready-made stories that kind of trip off my, my tongue. I don't remember anything that's happened to me in my life. Which <laughs> is so strange because you have such a good memory. I have a memory for facts. You're right. Yeah, you don't remember. We've talked about this on the podcast before, how you can't remember stories about us. And like, I remember all the stories because I, my memory is based on emotion entirely. Yes. Mine is based on data. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, (laughs) We saw this movie. I, it feels like several weeks ago. I was visiting you. It was two, I think. Two weeks ago. It was more than that. I don't know. Time is flying by. It's so strange. I'm so busy in Portland, which is great, but I just don't know what the date is. Well, it's currently March 30th. It's in Los Angeles. It's in Los Angeles. We're in Los Angeles. We are in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm visiting for 12 days, something like that, which it's, is incredible. It's fantastic to have you here. You'd think we would be able to record a bunch while you're here, but I need to go. Yeah, and you're leaving for half of it. I'm going to shoot a movie. A movie. A movie. You're shooting a couple movies coming up, Mr. Movie Man. That's right. I got, I got two. Drag alert. Drag alert. <laughs> two movies. Yeah. One of which is a big part in something small and one of which is a small part in something big. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can say right yeah, now. Yeah, right. You could tell. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell them what it is. Uh, keep, uh, uploading my IMDb page. <laughs> Just keep it on refresh. Just keep, keep it on, keep open. it on constant refresh. And then that information Gross. will eventually. I hate this conversation released. more than any other conversation. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe one of these movies will end up on Craigslist someday. Someday. How egotistical would that be if yes. I put a movie that I was in be really on gross. my list? Yes. Uh, we went and saw Isle of Dogs yesterday at the Vista Theater in Los Angeles, which is such a fun place to go see a movie. Yep. A movie. Uh, we're big Wes Anderson fans. We also love dogs. Yep. Uh, Isle of Dogs, if you don't get it, is a play on words of I love, I love dogs. I love dogs. Which I didn't get it until you told me that a couple days ago. I didn't get it until I read it in a review. I'm like, oh, yeah. Duh. Of course. Duh. And what did you think of that movie? I liked it a lot. And then it was over and I didn't like the ending much. <laughs> it did not stick the landing in a way that most Wes Anderson movies yeah, really do. I was surprised. Um, having said that, it was totally enjoyable up until that point. And it, the ending wasn't not enjoyable. Yeah. It was just like surprisingly simple and rushed. His standards are so high at this point. And... Yeah. Grim- I hate to focus too much on the negative part of it because the negative feelings about it because it was such a fun movie. Yeah. Very emotional. Also, like, it's got a great message about doggies <laughs> being nice <laughs> to them. But then, you know, they, they live on this trash island and I'm currently obsessed with how much plastic. Yes. Is in the world. Currently. <laughs> always, always. Always obsessed and overthinking that. And so it was interesting to see that portrayed. Yeah. On screen in a way that made you feel like, yeah, we should probably not be so gross. At the end of the year, looking ahead to Craig and Carla's best of 2018 episode, do you think Isle of Dogs will, would make your top 10? I have no idea. <laughs> I had such a hard time doing that this year because I had been so busy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to make time. you got to make time to make lists, you know? We should probably, before we jump into this, which we're already... 
going way off. We should probably tell everyone that we might not be getting these out as frequently as we would like in the next couple of months. We was we reserve the right. <laughs> oh boy. We reserve the right to go every other week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good thing about not getting paid to do something is that you get to decide when you can do it or not. We may become a bi-weekly podcast. Not that we deserve to get paid to do this, by the way. I wasn't insinuating that. Uh, You kind of, you kind (laughs) of said it that way. No, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant. We could always start a Patreon. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of work. (laughs) And what if we just got like 50 cents or something? That'd be so embarrassing. (laughs) Hey, it's better nothing, right? Uh, True. Or is it? Right, exactly. It's merely getting 50 cents worse than getting It nothing. is worse, I think. I, I think so. Uh, so, Carla, today's episode is, believe it or not, for a movie that is uh, heavily about sex and also contains Keanu Reeves, it's episode <laughs> 69, dude. Oh, funny. <laughs> I was wondering what the landing on that was going to be. <laughs> What did you think it might be? I don't know. The Keanu Reeves thing really threw me for a second. I laughed <laughs> uncomfortably like I don't get what's going on. Uh, so this movie is Dangerous Liaisons. It came out in 1988. It received seven Oscar nominations. It won three Oscars for Adapted Screenplay, Best Costume Design, and Best Art Direction. Also nominated for Best Picture, Actress, Supporting Actress, and Score. Uh, Stephen Frears, as I said, was the director. The, the writer is Christopher Hampton, based on his own play, Les Liaisons Dangerous, mm-hmm. which of course is based on the, uh, 18th century epistolary novel by Pierre Chodoros de Laclos. What's epistolary mean? Epistolary means the entire novel, uh, consists of letters. Letters back and forth, which is, <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I see your confusion now. Yes, it consists of the alphabet. Uh, what you're, are you talking about? It, it consists. <laughs> um, it, it's very different oh. than most. I think, now I see what I you're think saying. she's saying. A letter. You write a letter oh, to a friend. God, that took me way too long. <laughs> Even when you were laughing again, I was like, I don't get what's so funny. Girl, I'm uncomfortable. Girl, you are out of practice. <laughs> in life? I, in, in life. Speaking, or just me and you being on the same wavelength, I yeah. guess. Uh, no, I can see where that would be confusing. I felt that in the improv show last night, too. Well, they don't need to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a better one next weekend. In Orange County, if you're in Orange County, come to the OC Improv Festival. Saturday night, Craig and I are doing a two-person Orange Tuxedo show. Are we doing plugs now? Yeah. Okay. That was the plug section. Yep. Uh, yeah. So uh, I believe the the two main characters uh, of the story, the Marquise de Mertuis, and the uh the Comte de Valmont or the Vicomte de de Valmont you right tried to call her a Comte. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand him. Uh oh it's the guy. Yeah, the Vicomte. Oh Vicomte. The, the Valmont. Oh yeah. Uh played by John Malkovich. Jean Valjean. And the, <laughs> played by Jean Valjean. <laughs> former prisoner two four six oh one in his oh, acting debut. I got that. <laughs> Uh, and the Marquise. So I guess the original novel is just letters back and forth. To, don't yawn now. <laughs> We're only getting started, Carla. <laughs> so it's an epistolary novel. Now I get it. I've but, read, I've read books like that. What's a book like that? Oh. Letters. What is a book like that? Letters. I don't know. Maybe I haven't. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, They're letters to possession God. Possession has lettered. It's not all, though. Yes. It's not all epistolarian. <laughs> Epistolary. Uh-huh. Epistolarian is a religion. Okay. Uh, possession. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, but I did guess you I- read that? No. Did okay. Not read I saw the Neil LeBute movie. I did, too. I thought it was very boring. I thought you were boring. <laughs> uh, so as well as Glenn Close and John Malkovich, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is in this. What so- did you say was a pill? <laughs> a pill- I'm serious. Epistolary. <laughs> now you've got me paranoid that I'm saying it wrong. Can you say it again? I have to memorize this word. This is my lesson of the day. Epistolary. 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 Okay. 
Epistolary. Epistolary. Pistol. Epistol, Larry. You shot him with a pistol, Larry. That's how you remember it. That was our improv section. So we've gotten to. to <laughs> done? Already done that? Improv out of the way? Two that more was. Segments are done. Yeah, this is going to be a 20 minute episode, guys. So <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Khaki Theater. Uh, it's a pistol, Larry. Um, I'm trying to look at famous epistolary novels. Ugh. Who cares? <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. Never read it. Uh, Sorry. Stephen King's Carrie is written in an epistolary structure through newspaper clippings, magazine articles, letters, and excerpts from books. Oh, so it doesn't just mean letters. Well, that was my understanding of it. But uh, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I did read that twice, and I can't remember it being epistolary at all. It is thought that Jane Austen's first novel, First Impressions, her lost novel, First Impressions, which was redrafted to become Pride and Prejudice, may have been epistolary. Pride and Prejudice contains an unusual number of letters quoted in full and some play a critical yeah. role in the plot. It's true. Okay. You can back me up on that. Uh, Carla, had you ever seen the film Dangerous Liaisons before? I had. Several times. Several times. When I was younger. Uh, how young? Um... Because this movie can be quite explicit at times. I think I was probably pretty young. When did it come out? 1990? 88. Oh, yeah. So I probably saw it in middle school. Uh-huh. Maybe before that. In even. class? Did they show it in class? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to a very progressive school. Um, no. I don't know why I would have seen it, but I had seen it at least two or three times mm-hmm. when I was younger. And what were your memories of it? Uh... That Michelle Pfeiffer was in it and Glenn Close was in it. <laughs> um, well, and it was, I remember thinking it was romantic and sad. Romantic and sad. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's set in the, before the French Revolution. So the late 18th century in France. And it's kind of about these, uh, uh, these titled, uh, royals, mm-hmm. uh, that the Marquise and the, Vicomte, uh, who kind of engage in acts of cruelty and a, a competition, uh, to see how many lives they can ruin. Uh, again, this novel has been adapted many times, including the following year by Milos Forman adapted it as Valmont. Yes, I've seen that too. Because it has your boyfriend, Colin Firth, Colin Firth in it. And Annette Benning's in it and she's wonderful. Sure. She's always great. Is she, she's but the marquee. This is like early Annette Benning. This is, I feel like it was either right before or right after The Great Outdoors. <laughs> uh, she's in The Great Outdoors? Yeah, she plays Dan Aykroyd's wife. Okay. I never, think that was her first film role, actually. Never seen that. Well, you're missing out. It's real funny. Am I? Yep. Uh, does she play uh, the Glenn Close role or yep. does she play them? Okay. And Meg Tilly play not Meg Tilly. Yeah, Meg Tilly plays the Michelle Pfeiffer part. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was such a Dangerous Liaisons fan that I refused to see Valmont when it came out and still to this I day it's better. have not seen it. There are some people who think that. But I would have to watch it because it's been several years since <laughs> I've seen that one too. Uh, it's it's a lot sadder, I think. This one is, feels a little – it didn't hold up for me. Whoa. Oh, so we're getting right into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's still a good – it's still a – it's the acting is incredible. Like it's just a great group of people who were involved with this acting wise, but it's a little over the top, (laughs) a little melodramatic at times. Well, can I tell you how I first saw it? And this may explain my, uh, attraction to this movie. Okay. Uh, it came out in 1988. So I was a, sophomore in college mm-hmm. the college of william and mary please stop yawning uh, i'm so sorry <laughs> and i was not only a college student but i was a theater major right this and, is a typical story that you have very typical story okay uh as you know my stories revolve around facts and data uh <laughs> But I went to see this movie with my friend Susie, who was also a theater major, and she was a little older. She had like been married and divorced and then was going back to school. This was your first kiss, lady. I believe. Well, no. No. 
<laughs> she was not. <laughs> I think she was. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did kiss her. Um, the uh, now you you <laughs> you thoroughly throw me off my game. <laughs> what little game I have. Uh, but I, I saw this movie with her in Williamsburg, and at the time we were acting in a production of The Country Wife. Uh, oh, yeah, what's that? It's a restoration comedy yeah. by William Witcherly. Okay. Uh, I don't know when the restoration was, you know, that might be 17th century, but we were in a play where we're wearing a lot of, you know, similar period costumes, like giant powdered wigs mm-hmm. and, you know, tights and corsets and heeled shoes and everything. So I, I was literally in rehearsals for this play when Dangerous Liaisons came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, fe- I feel like I went back to see this movie multiple times during its initial run. I feel like this movie was very popular among all of the theater majors sure. uh, who were my friends to the point where I feel like everybody bought the VHS when it came out, that we played it at parties. Ugh. People would memorize <laughs> scenes from it. I used to always do the John Malkovich quote, uh, to seduce a woman famous for her strict morals, her religious fervor, and the happiness of her marriage. What could possibly be more prestigious? Ugh, that's a really good impersonation. <laughs> uh, Impression is the word. Impersonation. Impersonation is like... I just shave my head bald. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, before your very eyes. Impression is what yeah, I meant. Yeah, that was an impression. Voice. Just a sketch. The John Malkovich voice really came to life in that moment. <laughs> I did once when I auditioned for the television program Mad TV, did John Malkovich as one of my three impressions. And it got you the job. Clearly. I, every, I think everyone <laughs> listening knows I was a regular on Mad TV yeah. for years. Yeah. I uh, did Drew Barrymore when I auditioned for Mad TV. Drew Barrymore? I was on that show for years. Yeah, that's right. You did that famous Drew Barrymore impression. <laughs> that's right. We were on that show together. Oh, that's yeah, how we that's met. How we met. Yeah. yeah. And then we had that sketch show, uh, Kikowski and Snowden that spun off of it. Yep. This is all an alternate universe <laughs> where my spot on John Malkovich and Carla's spot on Drew Barrymore got made us, us very wealthy. Made us very, very wealthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. I think there's so many memorable, quotable lines in this movie. I mean, definitely it was adapted from a play, um, you know, the Christopher Hampton play, which had premiered in London in the mid 80s. And do you know who the original Valmont was? I thought it was John Malkovich, but I guess it wasn't. Not in the, not in the English, actually the English production came over to Broadway with the same cast. So, uh, Alan Rickman. Oh, I love Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. I cried so hard the day that he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R.I.P. It was a sad loss. What a great actor. Such a great actor. And great range. I heard he too. was really nice, too. So many great stories about him. Emma Thompson had great stories about him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that would have been interesting to see. It's, I just want to say this story because it's such a nice story. But this guy that I went to college with had done like a, a small part in a, f- a film that Alan Rickman had done. And... Alan Rickman came to see his play off, off Broadway. It was like a one act play and Alan Rickman showed up with his wife. Wow. Isn't that the nicest? That is amazing. Okay. So the, the Alan Rickman, uh, Lindsay Duncan and, uh, oh. Juliet Stevenson, I believe were the I don't three. Think I know leads. who Juliet Stevenson is. Uh, you would recognize her. She's a very, uh, famous British lady. Famous British lady. Um, Lindsay Duncan's great. This is Juliet Stevenson. Oh yeah. Oh totally. She was in uh, Sense and Sensibility. Uh, possibly. This says uh, Emma Bend It Like Beckham, Mona Lisa Smile. Oh, maybe not. Uh, so they were the original British cast and uh, did that play on Broadway as well. The interesting thing to me, um, well, yeah. Another one of your boyfriends is in, the, not one of your boyfriends, but a guy you love, Peter Capaldi. I love him. Yes. The current doctor, not the current doctor, but yeah. he was the doctor for a couple of seasons. But what's unusual about Peter Capaldi's participation in this movie? What's unusual about it? Yes. Because I thought you're like, well, what's unusual about it is, <laughs> I have no idea what's unusual about of it. Of the main actors in this movie, he's the only Brit. 
Yeah, that's weird. It's almost all American actors. That's now, nice. of course, they're, you're playing French people, so why do you have to be British? But the, there is something about the a period drama of uh, people doing, you know, ac- accents uh, that now I think it would be entirely cast with British and Australian actors. Oh, yeah. So I think it, it's unusual to see that 30 years ago you could still do this with a mostly American cast. And nobody's really trying to do a British or otherwise accent. Uh, in fact, I love how contemporary, especially John Malkovich's performance in this mm-hmm. is. Uh, he, he's pretty much just doing his own voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as an actor, he is, I, I, I think he's simultaneously mannered and theatrical, but totally grounded. Two. Okay. Does that make sense? Do you think he's over the top in this? Yeah, I do. What about Glenn Close? Do you think she's yeah. over the top? Yep. Okay. What about uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Michelle oh. Pfeiffer is really boring in this. Oh, no. I think she's great in this. I mean, she's a. I really think she's a great actress. I don't know that she's boring. <laughs> I think she's so charismatic just in everything. Anyways, I think that the character is boring. Yeah, so I, I, the major plot point in this is, uh, Valmont seducing Madame to de Tourvel, who is a very religious, uh, withdrawn woman. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of amoral guy who slept with every woman in town, uh, is trying to, uh, lower this woman's defenses and seduce her. Yeah, it's like a big, uh, goal of his <clears throat> to, uh, to seduce someone who's so religiously yes. motivated to seduce a woman famous for, for her religious fervor, yeah. her strict morals and the happiness of her marriage. Right. Yes. Like you just said, <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's not fair though for me to say that they're over the top because if they're still really great in it, everybody's great in it. <clears throat> I think it was more the script that I didn't like hmm. as much as I had remembered. I think there's so many memorable quotey, quotey lines. <laughs> there's so many quotey lines in but this. But the way that it comes together and then how quickly it resolves and I also didn't, I didn't f- see him falling in love with her. Yeah. I mean, uh, spoilers ahead, but while trying to be a phony and seduce her, he legitimately falls in love but with that's, her. But that's idea. what he says. Yes. But I don't know that I ever really noticed it necessarily, except for the one scene where they went to the, not the play, but they were watching somebody sing or something. And he was like staring at her. That was the one scene where it seemed like he was in love with her. But every other time he was with her, he just seemed like he was yeah. not. I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel like I sound too cranky about this no? movie. It's a totally fine movie. It's a solid, <laughs> solid story, solid acting. I don't know why I'm being difficult. That's okay. I mean, you, it didn't hold up to your memory of, of what it. I think I just remember it being so great. And yeah. so watching it, maybe my expectations were too high or maybe I just don't care about this kind of a story anymore. There's also a lot of real rapey stuff going on. <laughs> well. <laughs> I had a feeling you would bring that up. Yeah. And that's, again, like, that's part of the story. That's, it's not like they're saying it's okay. Like, the whole moral of the story is don't be a (laughs) shitbag. That title card comes up at the very end before the credits roll. Don't be a shitbag. Don't be a shitbag. Just, you know, the whole, yeah, the whole lesson of the story is uh, be cool, be nice. (laughs) Don't use people. Um, So it's not like it's there for no reason. It's totally justified and part of the story and yes. the payoff to the story. But it's very uncomfortable to watch when yes. he seduces Uma Thurman, when he rapes Uma Thurman. Yeah, seduces then, would be in quotes, yeah. yeah. And then she is coached into <clears throat> sleeping with him again and again to the point where she kind of falls for him. Yes. Uh, certainly, uh, I... I I think it's going to be viewed in this day and age different than it was 30 right. years ago, but certainly believable for the time period. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't yeah. feel, it doesn't feel, um, un, it's unjustified uncom- in the script, in the story. It feels like there's a purpose for it to be there. So it's not gratuitous is the word I'm looking for. Yes. Um, but still, it's not like fun to watch right now. In Absolutely. This, in this day and age, it's just, there's just a lot of stuff that everybody's constantly taking in on the internet right now. And I don't know. And it feels like you're supposed to laugh. 
when he r- rapes her, which is yes, weird. I mean, the, the whole movie has an amoral tone uh, and there's a lot of like bitchy and catty dialogue mm-hmm. and it's all about kind of enjoying these characters, evil machinations, right? Uh, which is, and then I, I think it does kind of take a turn where you're supposed to, to care for Valmont, uh, at the end. And I, I really do. I really fall for that turn. When and- he dies, and there's no spoilers because this is an old movie, you guys. <laughs> but when he dies, I definitely teared up. I mean, John Malkovich is really wonderful in that scene. Yeah. When he tells, um, he has a duel with Keanu Reeves. And he and- tells Keanu Reeves, um, to go to Michelle Pfeiffer and tell her how sorry he is or blah, blah, blah. I'm paraphrasing blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I just bored myself. Keep talking. Craig. Yeah. But on, on his, yeah, I bored you too. <laughs> you totally bored me, Carla. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? Is it dangerous liaisons? Um, les dangerous liaisons. Yeah. Kind of as he's, uh, as he's mortally wounded and, and dying, he kind of finally admits to, to being a shit, you a know, shit and, and trying to. He's like, P.S. Like, I'm a shit bag. Sorry, I'm a shit bag. Here's my epilary. My <laughs> Here's my epilary. Sincerely, shit bag. <laughs> Here's my epipen. <laughs> uh, Did I say the word wrong again? <laughs> <laughs> a pistol, Larry. <laughs> An epilary is a heart murmur. <laughs> And an epilady is... <laughs> and an epilogue uh, is a log cut from a tree epically. I meant to also mention the William and Mary connection. Another thing that made it really important to William and Mary is that Glenn Close was a William and Mary oh, yeah, alum- yeah, 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 alumna. Yeah. And you like to tell me that every time you say you went to William and Mary. You say Glenn Close went there. I know. We Well, because... And John Stewart. <laughs> Sure, John Stewart went there. And Patton Oswald. That's all correct. I know all the alums from your school. Fine. And Thomas Jefferson. And Thomas Jefferson. TJ. And William and Mary. <laughs> William and Mary went there. Uh not the king and queen, just two folks named William and Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh but hey, if you think I'm braggy about Glenn Close now, uh what do you think it was like 30 years ago at school, you know, mm-hmm. especially as at, at this time, I mean, she was as big a prestige yeah. actress as there was in Hollywood, you know, she had a, a really great, this was the year after Fatal Attraction, yeah. you know. She had a great run in the 80s and 90s. She sure did. So, and I think she's incredible in this movie, uh, as well. So she's kind of at the height of her powers. So I, I think that was a big part of why this was a big movie for us at mm-hmm. school. I'll throw this out there as well. I'll catch it. Yeah. Will you catch it? <laughs> Uh, as a reason why this movie was a formative and important movie for me and will also maybe why it's not holding up for you mm-hmm. as much. You lost your virginity to it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <Okay>. Why? <laughs> With we'll, we'll get to the movie that I lost my virginity to. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> do you think I would put that Dr. all the way Strangelove? down at 32? <laughs> <laughs> uh, close encounters. Oh, Carla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are warming up now. Uh, when you're a kid and you start watching, you know, movies and TV shows, you know, you, you don't really understand that these are actors. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get wrapped up in the story, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, you, you buy into the characters and everything is, I mean, even if you know it's not real, like it is kind of totally real to you. And then at a certain point, like who knows when, but you start to become conscious of like, oh, this guy was in that movie and then he's in this movie, you know, this mm-hmm. is an actor and he's giving a performance, right? you know, and especially if you're like us theater kids, I think there comes a time and this was probably at the height of this is how I viewed movies as like actors that I know and I know their stories, you know, off screen and I know the history of the play and how this came to be and I'm very mm-hmm. conscious of the performance performancy aspect of it uh and i enjoy it as seeing great actors giving a performance right and then i think the pendulum kind of swings back a little bit as you get older and you know to to some extent you're you're very conscious of when people are over the top or giving a performance or chewing the scenery and it starts to turn you off Mm -hmm. uh a bit um or, you know, there's 
there's certain stories that you've seen done enough that even like enjoyable performances are not enough to make you want to see this particular story again. For me, it's when I was in my twenties, I loved like gangster movies and drug dealer movies and stuff like that. And now I've like, I've seen so many of those that uh, it would take a lot for one of those movies to move me or interest me in a new way. Yeah. You know? Um, And so I think, for you, story and characters that you can relate to are so important. And so even though you can kind of, you know, admit that the actors are giving good performances and they're fun to watch, if you don't really care about the people, about the characters they're portraying, mm-hmm. uh, or, or believe in the story, uh, that you will tune out a little bit. Do you Maybe agree? You're right. I don't disagree. <laughs> I live somewhere in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's see what Carla said during this movie with a feature that we like to call Carla's Quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's Quotes. I really like the old school titles, by the way. It's it's uh, it's like a hand turning uh, invitations. You can mm-hmm. see the hand in the frame and everything. It feels like a like an old 1930s uh, opening. Um as Carla is reading the uh, the opening credits, uh, Swoozy Kurtz is in this movie uh, as well. And Carla said, Swoozy, my favorite name, Swooz. <laughs> it's such a good name. Swoozy Kurtz. I saw her in something recently. What was it? Grace and Frankie. Frankie and, Grace and Frankie. Good for her. Swooz is still working. Swooz is still working. Yeah. She, yeah. She plays like a bitchy, snobby friend. Of Grace and um, or Frankie. Of grace, yeah. Okay. She's got a lot of plastic surgery done. It's fine. I'm not giving her a hard time about it. <laughs> Women are allowed to do what they want to do with their own bodies. That's it's right. It's also kind of like hard to, it's kind of hard to watch her a little bit. <laughs> well, let's edit that out. Nope. I don't have time. I don't have time to edit. We're putting this right out today. It's too judgmental. So. It's too judgmental. Well, it's staying in. Uh, You're too judgmental. <laughs> You're too judgmental about yourself, Carla. Okay. Own your thoughts and your feelings. Nope, not in public. I love the opening sequence in this movie, which kind of, uh, it cuts back and forth between the Vicomte and the Marquise doing their morning routine. And you see like oh, they yeah. have a whole team of servants that are like putting them in their fancy dresses and getting them made up and in their wigs mm-hmm. and everything. And it's a great kind of silent, uh, well, there's music playing, but a, a great wordless uh, intro to meet, it shows us meet how these fancy characters. they are. That they're real fancy. They've got a lot of money. As we see the Marquise getting And they're her, very vain. That's right. That's what it shows us. As we see the Marquise going into her corset, uh, Carla said, oh my gosh, ouch. <laughs> uh, you would not want to wear a corset or, or live in this oh, no. time. Um, Maybe for like a day. <laughs> to go to a ball, to a grand yeah. ball. Uh, and... Valmont has like this this mask on, like oh, this yeah, makeup creepy. mask, so yeah. they can like spray his wig and, and stuff like that. He looks well, like the, a serial killer. You said so creepy looking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Stephen Frears is really one of the great underrated directors. I don't think his name comes up that often. Uh, he's kind of locked into a certain type of uh, grandma movie now. I think ever since The Queen. Oh, that's uh, because he did Philomena, he did oh, yeah. Victoria and Abdul. So it's it's a lot of Judy Dench and Helen Mirren movies that he's been doing. But he started out in the eighties. He did My Beautiful Laundrette, uh, which introduced Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, he did Prick Up Your Ears, which introduced oh, yeah. Gary Oldman and Alfred Molina, and, and is movie. about Joe Orton. Is that on your list? I like that. movie. No, but I, I do like that movie quite a bit. Uh, he did High Fidelity, which is on my second hundred and Carla it continually makes, I think that's always like your movie of like high fidelity is better than this. Is it? <laughs> uh, when you're criticizing movies on, extra on my list. Yeah. Uh, and what else did Stephen Frears do? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um, at one point I think, uh, before Valmont enters, somebody describes him as charming and Carla said, I wouldn't think of him as charming. No. Um, 
Oh, this, this is kind of a retroactive quote because I wrote this down remembering what you said. Uh, we're, we're kind of killing time at, uh, your apartment in Portland. You've got a sketch show premiering that weekend. You know, you're, you're very busy, but we, we were trying to kind of, uh, cram this one in before I left town. And I think I, I must have said, uh, should we, should we start watching Dangerous Liaisons? And you said, yeah, yeah, put it on. I've seen it like four times. <laughs> Here's Carla eight minutes in. Wait, I don't understand. I have to pause it for a second to answer these work emails. <laughs> I was so busy that weekend. That was insane. Yeah. I was so busy that I was having nightmares and I was sleepwalking. But I was sleepwalking that week because I was so that's right anxiety ridden. Yeah. Check out my Insta stories, you guys, <laughs> or my Instagram. I took a picture of myself sleepwalking. How did you do that? I told you that, didn't I? You did. I don't know how I did it. I took a selfie when I was in the. <laughs> it's on my Instagram. If you want to read the story, okay. Uh, I'm just saying, don't give me a hard time about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's still up. Is it one of your permanent? Stories? It's a, actually, it's a post. Okay. I, I, I confuse them. Okay. Check out Carla's Insta at Carla Kakowski. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Um, at one point he, he kisses, uh, Glenn Close's breasts goodbye and Carla just said boobies. <laughs> Her breasts look very nice. Her cleavage, I should say, looks very nice. Yeah. I think you did get confused because there is a lot of plot up front and there's a lot of like intrigue, mm -hmm. you know, where you're supposed to kind of like pick up on what, uh, Valmont and the Marquis are talking about. Yeah. Uh, but it is a lot to absorb right away. Uh, I love their mansions where they have like these hidden doors with mirrored walls, yeah. you know, that you can duck behind and you've got a, like a lover that you're keeping behind the door, you know, so creepy. Those were the days, right? <laughs> I just think it's way more fun than your typical like period piece costume drama, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's way more mean. Uh, I guess you kids would know this is Cruel Intentions, right? Yep. And I, I never saw Cruel Intentions. I actually did see it and I thought it was pretty good. Huh. But it's Reese it. Witherspoon, Sarah Michelle Geller, and Ryan Phillippe. Yep. But it's set in the present day. Yep. And there's also a 1950s Roger Vadim version of it with Jean Moreau. That was also set in the present day. I think yeah. he set it in the 1950s, but I've never seen that version either. Um, there's a, they go to the opera a lot in this movie and there's one scene where Glenn Close is just kind of looking bored and not even looking at the opera. And Carla said, she's not even watching. That's funny. And then you, you have this quote and it's been weeks since we did this. So I don't remember the context at all. Maybe you can help uh, explain it to me. You said, she sees so, so, see, so, so. What? <laughs> she sees so, so, see, so, so. I have no idea what that is. I have no memory of it. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, there is a thing where Keanu Reeves plays like a young music teacher, and I think he's leading uh, Uma Thurman. Uh, through some scales, maybe, maybe that's your version of trying to do a musical scale. I have no idea. When Keanu Reeves did appear in this movie, uh, <laughs> Carla said, Oh yeah, Keanu was in so many good movies. He was. When he was like first around, he was considered a talented young actor. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I think there are people who still, I, to this I still day will make a pitch as, for him as underrated. I will too. Okay. I'm going to. I've talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah. He's not as bad as everybody. Matrix, he's amazing in the Matrix movie. I think people, you know, all consider the Matrix like an all-timer. and Yeah, uh, but he just gets such a bad rap. He um, does because he's very uh, unemotive and very flat in the way he talks. But I think it's good. Yeah. But it was interesting that like after he hit from Bill and Ted that he started to do things like Dangerous Liaisons and Much Ado About Nothing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, where he seemed maybe a little out of place. But I, I think he kind of works in this movie. I do, too. Uh, had everyone else been super British in this, maybe not so much. But, but the fact that they're all Americans. He I think he's great in Much Ado About Nothing. Mm -hmm. FYI, everyone, don't send me any letters or tweets. Or you can send me an epistolary if you want. <laughs> send Carla an epistolary. Did uh, you say it right that time? 
Yes. Oh, this is so boring. I'm sorry. You guys will stop. <laughs> you said poor Swoozy is playing a real swoozer. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> um, now, Peter Capaldi plays Valmont's manservant. You know, he has a small part in, mm-hmm. in this. And I... He doesn't appear until maybe like a third of the way through the movie. And I kind of teased uh, that there was somebody in this movie that you'd be excited to see. And I think we hear him at first without really seeing his face. But you can kind of hear that he's got this Scottish accent. And I'm like, Carla, who is that? Who is that, Carla? And you said, Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't recognize him at all. And then you said, to be fair, it was a shaky camera. <laughs> I just didn't. I'm sorry. I was really embarrassed. <laughs> and then there's a whole thing where Valmont goes into uh, like this poor village and helps this uh, man whose house is going to be torn down, who's very ill. And he pretends to like do good deeds and, you know, be a charitable guy, which he isn't at all. Mm-hmm. But it's all in front of Michelle Pfeiffer's manservant, knowing that he's going to report that back to her of like, oh, Valmont's this good guy who saved this, you know, gentleman. Uh, but Carla said, see, this always looks like a fun time to live in in these movies, but this is who we would be, the beggars. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. We'd be that the is... starving townspeople <laughs> who are like covered in filth with no teeth and are hungry. Yeah. You forget about those people. Those yeah. people are coexisting. Yeah. Those people are rarely featured in these films. Yeah. I guess Lame is, but even that's a little more romantic because they're singing. Uh, you said this several times about Valmont. Gross. He's so gross. <laughs> Yeah, I uh I just think John Malkovich I I guess he was supposed to have been sexy. A lot of women at the time found him sexy in this. Yeah. Which I feel like maybe I did too when I was younger. Sure. Or like handsome at least. Mm-hmm. Um but he's so creepy. <laughs> he just seems like a lecherous gross man i think he was robbed of an oscar nomination for this robbed robbed i say nominated for an oscar he's been nominated twice for supporting for places in the heart and for in the line of fire i don't think i've ever seen either of those um places in the heart with sally field yeah that's the movie that she won for where she said you like me you really like me Mm. and he plays a blind tenant at her farm Mm. and then in the line of fire if that's the movie i'm thinking of he's like a psychopath who clint eastwood is trying to stop from murdering the president or something yeah that feels more more up his alley (laughs) but uh i think his two best performances are this and can you believe he wasn't nominated for being John Malkovich? I know. Like, he was so great in that. Yeah. Uh, that whole scene where he's only saying Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so amazing. Uh, so he was robbed for those two. Yeah, two of my favorite performances. We already covered William Hurt and Accidental Tourist, which was this year. Uh, they were not nominated. Hmm. Uh, this is the year that Dustin Hoffman won for Rain Man. A very good performance. Uh, Gene Hackman was nominated for Mississippi Burning. Tom Hanks was nominated for Big this year. That was one of the rare comedy performances to actually get a nomination. It's it's very there's some really poignant scenes in that film though. Been been a long time since I've seen it. Also, she sleeps with him. (laughs) Yes. And he's really a kid. Well, again, we're getting into the eighties where (laughs) sometimes you watch these eighties movies and you're like, whoa, that's that would never fly. I saw today. It recently, yes. maybe within the last three or four years, and I had because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and I was like, "This is so great! This totally holds up! This completely is funny and so good!" And then they have sex, and it's like, "Oh, oh no!" Yeah, yeah. He's he's like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's watch big. <laughs> Uh, okay, pausing the recording to watch Big. That was great. That was really fun. Yeah, when he danced on the keyboards. I'm glad yeah, we saw that. It was okay. You didn't like <laughs> it? You just made me watch it. Okay. And <sighs> improv. <laughs> That's khaki theater, guys. Okay, uh, let's finish this one for real. Oh, Carla. <laughs> Uh, Glenn Close has this big long speech, uh, which ends with like after, uh, I was born a woman. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, and Carla said, good speech, Glenn. It was. I mean, she, her character is really interesting because she does have these moments where she gets to explain why she is the way that she is. Yes. And it's just about being a woman in those times and not having any choices. And her talking about how she would, she learned to just put on a front mm-hmm. and just listen to what was going on and learn uh, how to survive. It's, it's pretty interesting. You imagine at one time that she was Uma Thurman, yeah. you know, that she was mm-hmm. taken advantage of by some older creepy man. And yeah. then she decided to kind of turn the tables uh, on and make it her point to destroy men. Right. And I should say, like, this whole bet between the characters is based on him getting one more night to sleep with her. Like, they were lovers when once when they were younger, mm-hmm. and he wants to sleep with her one more time. And then so they're engaging in all of these cruel intentions, <laughs> dangerous liaisons, uh, and just where he can get one more night with her. So it's, he can win the bet. It's so weird. Um, Glenn Close also gets the titular line. Uh, when she said, she says, Oh, how should I describe it? A dangerous liaison has sprung up. Mm. Love a good titular line. <laughs> um, one thing I, I do know about Valmont is that the kids or the younger characters were actually cast with younger, uh, age appropriate to how they were written in the novel. So mm. I think it's like Feruza Balk and. Oh, that's right. It is. And Henry Thomas from E.T. Yes. And, but I they forgot. are, they are literally like 14 and 16 yes. when, they, when they do that movie. But also Colin Firth, I think, is a lot younger than John Malkovich. Is that not true? Maybe at, 10 at years At the younger? time? Yeah, I guess he would be. Yeah, because yeah. he, he seemed, from my memory, he seems younger than John Malkovich does. Yeah, or at least reads younger. Reads younger. Um, this is a lady heavy movie, but does it pass the Bechdel test? Because certainly you've got, Tons of female characters. They have names. Mm-hmm. But do they ever talk about something other than a man? That's the third and final test of the Bechdel test, right? Right. Are all the women's conversations about Valmont? I don't know. Um, I wasn't paying attention. I would say it probably passes the Bechdel test, but just bury bury. <laughs> just bury it. Just a bury it in the backyard. Um. There's a scene where they're uh, attending a performance of a castrato. Oh, and, right. And I had to had to explain to you what a castrato was. And you said it doesn't look like he's singing at all. Yeah. Some bad lip singing. Uh, <laughs> lip syncing. Lip syncing. Uh, when he's giving Uma Thurman her uh, instruction in lovemaking, uh, he ends with, now I think we might begin with one or two Latin terms. <laughs> <laughs> and Carla said, barf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what he means by Latin terms? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, there was, no, I'm not going to go down the road. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> well, there was an, an interview recently with Uma Thurman. I think it was when she was responding to all the me too stuff. And she was like, when I'm ready to talk about it, I'll talk about it. And like people, people meaning the press were writing articles about her. And I guess at the time, I think I have this story, right? But she was being interviewed by someone from vanity fair or something like that. And they were at her apartment and John Malkovich called and left her a message. And it sounded so sexually perverse <laughs> the way that he was talking to her Really, on the, on the message. And she was young. Like she was legitimately young too. Like maybe 18. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I learned in doing research for this movie that I did not know at all was that John Malkovich and Michelle Pfeiffer had an affair in real life. Oh, I did know that. While making I this movie. I forgot that. I totally knew that. Yeah. And like broke both of their marriages up, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was also like less than a year that they were together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. A wow. <laughs> Hollywood stories. Uh, there's one point where he gives Peter Capaldi a- Can that bo- be a new segment? Hollywood stories. <laughs> I don't know John, will you write us a song for a jingle for Hollywood stories? <laughs> I, I don't know that we have time for, for a whole other segment, but much it's so less fun. a theme song. And I bet, too, all of the stories we just told, the little anecdotes were wrong. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> They're totally based on our memory. Ooh, which isn't very good. <clears throat> uh, Valmont uh, has the character of his elderly aunt... Mm-hmm. Uh, who is kind of a minor character, but she does have like one. She has that one of the best scenes in the whole movie where she's Michelle. talking to Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, right? And when she says, you know, what's true of most men is doubly so of him. Yeah, she's <laughs> so because the whole time you think he's like taking advantage of his aunt, senile like, old lady. A, yeah. Like, yeah, like she's just an old lady, and and he's just like using her. And then she has this really <laughs> honest conversation with Michelle Pfeiffer where she's like, "You need to get out of here." Yeah, because he's trying. He's going yeah. to seduce you if you stay. That is a nice scene. Yeah. It gives her a lot of credit in a fun, surprising way. And again, like you sensitive, like at one time she was also a, a young woman who had been mm-hmm. taken advantage of. And, and the, and the Swoozy Kurtz character is kind of like this disapproving, stern mother of Uma Thurman's character. There's an allusion to of like she was kind of a, a lady who was known for being about town yeah. when she was in her teens as well, you know. Uh, so you get the sense that you're seeing all these women at different times in their life who have all had to participate in this gross sexual charade. This uh, dangerous liaison. This dangerous liaison. <laughs> there, there's a point where he has uh, one of his hooker friends is yeah. there and he makes Michelle Pfeiffer like walk in on him when he's saying goodbye to her and everything. And then uh, he comes up with these lame excuses. And Carla said, gross, she fell for it. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer just is constantly ignoring – Michelle Pfeiffer's character is just constantly ignoring her instincts because he's supposed to be so charming. I don't get it. (laughs) Uh, At one point, he's giving Peter Capaldi a bunch of bags of coins. Mm -hmm. uh, And he says, uh, after that, it's for bribes. Yours will come later. And Carla said, how do you apply for that job? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love the line where he says, uh, I've had to do more improvising than an Italian actor. (laughs) (laughs) I, I really love like the last 20 minutes of this movie, I think is just riveting because everything that Glennie and Johnny are doing throughout the movie, it's like, it's very kind of like mannered and, uh, in, in controlled and controlled and then they have this one scene where they finally like explode screaming at each other yeah. and like all this rage is released there and I, I just find that scene so exciting and then uh then you've got the the sword fight with him and Donsonay where he gets stabbed and he has a great death scene uh then there's a great scene where you see the Marquise, who have like you don't know if she really cares about him or not, is freaking out hearing about his death and and shoving all of her makeup mm-hmm. off the counter and falling on the floor and all of her servants are helping her out. I think she's great in that scene too. Yeah. And you're like, Oh wow, I didn't think she gave a shit about this guy, but I guess in a way in a fucked up way, he is like the they are the love of each other's life because they're meant for each other because they're the two most evil people in the world. Right. No, I definitely got the sense that she was in love with him the whole time. Yeah. And then he, his final act is to have Donsonay release all of her letters, her epistolaries mm-hmm. out into the world so everybody can find out uh, about all the evil that she's been doing. So she shows up to her regular box at the opera and then it's just this great scene where the crowd goes to a hush. And then they start booing her and then she kind of like slowly backs out of there and then great final, uh, this is Carla's quote. It's the classic makeup removal scene (laughs) where a hardened woman uh, is kind of removing her makeup and you see the more fragile, vulnerable woman underneath. There's so it's in so many movies. It's a good, it's effective though. We just saw it in I, Tanya had a yeah. movie. I, I had think a hers scene was like putting it too. on. She was putting the makeup on. That's right. That's right. And looking at herself in the mirror. But there's so many movies like that. Let's look them up. <laughs> Taking time to look up the Wikipedia article on movies with a makeup removal scene. <laughs> but this is one of the best. And that's a, it's a yeah. great way of ending the movie, too, on Glenn Close's character. And here's Carla's final quote. You got some real fun movies on your list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here's that final quote as he's dying. Uh, uh, Or P. 
Peter Capaldi kind of gives Keanu Reeves shit for killing him. Yeah. And then uh, Malkovich is like, no, no, he had good cause. I don't believe that's something that anyone has ever been able to say about me. Yeah. It's a great line. It's really sad. Uh, I really, I mean, I, I will admit, you know, there are probably some aspects of this movie that are dated. Um, it is very theatrical and over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think the performances are grounded to me in some sort of reality. I really enjoy the performances in this movie. This is probably a little high. I don't think it's, it should be as high as some of the movies we've covered. E.T. is better than this. I will admit E.T. is better than <laughs> Dangerous Liaison. hear that, Jeff Passano? <laughs> We're going to get it there. <laughs> so I had it at number 32. I think it'll probably go somewhere around the mid-40s. So I think I will slot it between Sound of Music and Silence of the Lambs. Okay. So... Just behind Sound of Music, just ahead of Silence of the Lambs is where wow, I'm going to Silence of the Lambs this. is better than this movie, too. Okay. What about High Fidelity? <laughs> high Fidelity. <laughs> you want to give this movie a letter grade? I'll go with a B. A B. What yeah. does that stand for? It stands for... Um, boobies. Boobies. <laughs> Thank you for that punchline. Um, <laughs> I will say, again, as a, as a young man... Uh, Seeing Uma Thurman in this movie is, uh, that, that's also something hard to forget. Was it hard to forget? <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a little khaki theater? Okay. For real? Um, I would love to be just a couple people at the opera that night, uh, when the Marquise, at the, at okay. the, at the, when the Marquise shows up. Um, hey, hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. Just that I come see some ops tonight. Yeah. What's uh? Taking who's the ops. who's up tonight? Do you know? Uh, Do you know anything about Luigi this opera? Luigio Patartartar. Oh, Luigio Patartartar. He's so good. He's a castrato. You know what that is, right? I know. But yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. They took his balls. No, I That's know. What it is. And he can always. It's sing, gross. I don't want to talk about sing. it. Hi. I love your dress. Thanks. It's really I, nice. Uh, yeah, I just had it made by my maid. Oh, your maid made it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's great. Showing some good cleave. Thank you. Your makeup looks flawless. Thank tonight. you so much. I put on a creepy mask and my servant sprayed me for hours. Ugh, I love those masks. By the way, speaking of masks, did you hear that uh Valmont died in a duel? I did, yeah. yeah crazy. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. I slept with that guy when I was twelve. I slept with that guy when I was thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> I he, mean he got around. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um but uh, but I have some other hot goss. Oh, I, I think I know. Do you know the hot goss? Yeah, I got an epistolary. I got so many epistolaries. Uh, I think we're all on the same page. Like, when she comes in, we're just supposed to stare at her, right? The Marquise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a bitch. Let's give her the serious stink eye. Where is she, Ugh, by the way? She'll be here any minute. She's always late. She is always she late. Entrance she loves to make giant a... cleaves. Oh, there she is. Don't say, anything. Don't say stop anything. Don't say anything. Stop talking. We're all supposed to just You stop quiet. talking. Didn't you get the epistolary? It you stop quiet. talking and I'll it stop said, talking. Don't talk when okay. she comes in. Just murmur. Stare at her. Murmur, just stare murmur. At her. Okay. Just stare. Boo! 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 She's crying. Boo! Oh, oh, I feel a little bad. And now her makeup's running. I don't know. It's hard to be a lady. What? It's hard out there for a lady. It is. It's hard out there for a lady. It's hard. Oh, now I see that her makeup's run and she's more fragile underneath. It's the classic makeup removal scene. <laughs> I'm gonna feel bad. Why do we I, boo I her? I do that every night in front of the mirror. I have a classic makeup re- removal scene every night. Thinking about my life. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know. That's... I've been, I've been having an affair with the local beggar. <laughs> With the local beggar? Yeah, he's he's pretty interesting. Oh, God, those people are so gross. Yeah, he's got a lot of stories, though. Oh, oh hey, the opera's starting. It's Luigio. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Uh, that could have gone better. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carla, don't apologize. I know, but yeah. Oh. You were really good, though. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, well, guys, that was episode 69, dude. 
of Craigslist. And uh, I want to plug a couple. What? Nothing. I was sorry that I said that I was 12 when I slept with him. (laughs) I have regret about that. Again, it's truth. It's truth and comedy and it's comedy and (sighs) truth. It's totally accurate to the time period. (sighs) I need to like drink before we do this. Yes. It it goes so much better when you're drunk. (laughs) So uh, episode 70 is going to be number 31 on Craigslist. And we are going to revisit the films of Mr. Stanley Kubrick. Oh, boy. We need Eben. <laughs> we do need Eben for this one. We had a, such a good run with Eben and Jeff. We're never going to be able to live up to those two episodes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying what's on everybody's mind. <laughs> well, you liked doing episodes with people who it literally was their favorite film. Well, because they have so much interesting stuff to say about it. That's true. I don't know if I know somebody who this is their favorite movie, but it's a classic black comedy from 1964. Technically the longest title on Craigslist, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Yeah, I've never seen this. Never seen this. Mm -mm. It stars George C. Scott, Peter Sellers in multiple roles. As he does. Slim Pickens. Is that an actor? <laughs> That's an actor. He plays Major Kong in this. Sterling Hayden, uh, the boss from 9 to 5. Oh, I love him. <laughs> uh, no, you're thinking of Dabney Coleman, probably. Oh, that's who I love. <laughs> Sterling Hayden is the actual boss who shows up at the end after having oh, yeah, been in yeah, the yeah. jungle. Hey, let's watch 9 to 5. Well, actually, uh, I will tell you that the Dr. Strangelove episode will come out in a couple weeks because next week, is going to be a Carla's List episode. Oh, I got to pick one. Uh, Let's not tell them what it is. Okay. We're not going to tell them what it is, but uh, we're going to have a brief interlude next week where we do a Carla's List where we do one of her favorite movies and then join us in two weeks where we cover my number 31 film, The Doctor Strange Love. Thanks so much, Craig's listeners, for your patience and for tuning in today. And I hope you all have some dangerous liaisons. No, don't. Take in, care of yourselves. In your life. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. <laughs>